from the Carter Subaru Studios. This is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It's the third hour of the show. It's where we really get to just like chill out and have fun. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I am Jake Skorheim, your host. If you have missed the first two hours of the show, do me a favor. Don't actually do anything different than you're doing right now. Keep listening to the show. But on our first commercial break, actually, no, don't tune out on the commercials. Listen to the commercials. We love our advertisers. We want to make sure that they are very happy with us. So listen to the commercials closely and then go out and buy everything that they're trying to sell you. And then after the show is over at 10 o'clock, I want you guys to get onto your phones. I want you to reach into your pockets, pull out your phones, lift up your phones, whatever you're doing, lift them up into the air, open up your app. If you have an iPhone, hit the little purple app button. If you have uh, another kind of phone, whatever that phone is, open up whatever app system you have on that phone. And I want you to type in, are you doing this with me right now? Type in. If you guys don't get it, I'm doing like a uh, an old-timey news... What was the name of that movie? Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to take it anymore. You remember that one? Network. That was it. That was, a, that was my network joke. Anyway, go into your app, wherever you get your stuff, and I want you to look up Kyra Knights with Jake Skorheim. Download the podcast. We put so much great stuff on there. You're not going to want to miss a second of it. And if you have the podcast... You won't have to. So I really appreciate you guys listening to it. Honestly, it's just warms the cockles of my heart to think that you guys are listening to that podcast while you're out crushing life. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Earlier today, I was telling the story a little bit earlier, but I want to expand on it a little bit for you listeners in the nine o'clock hour. You didn't have a chance to hear me talk about it in the seven o'clock hour. Earlier today, my wife and I found ourselves driving around. We were coming back back from a uh, a baby doctor appointment, uh, uh, the 20-week ultrasound for my fourth child. Everything looks great, by the way, so thumbs up. Thanks for your prayers. Um, we were coming back, and my wife sees a yard sale sign, and she's seen this sign see, in our neighborhood. She's been seeing this sign for like a week, and every time she drives by, she goes, oh, I wonder what's, what you know, what they, because she loves yard sales, so I can't get enough of them. It's not really yard sale season, but for whatever reason, they were doing yard sale in, uh, at this time of year. I guess they were moving. I guess that's, that's probably why they were doing it. So they're doing a yard sale, and they start with the original sign. And then a couple of days later, they update the sign, and they say, like, uh, it's, first it says, like, everything $10. And so she doesn't go to that one. And then it says everything $8 and under. And so now she's more enticed, but still it's like $8 is not her magic moment, so she's not going to go to that one. And then it says everything's a dollar. Even that one, she doesn't pull the trigger on because then you just don't know. So we passed the sign today. Uh, we're on our way home. My parents are watching my sons who were all out of school today. They didn't have school in teacher learning day. They're all uh, chilling out at home with the grandparents. So my wife and I are by ourselves and she says, oh, look at that sign. It's, it's, the sign now says everything free. And now this is perfect price for my wife. She's very excited about this. So we're, she's like, please, we got to stop. She didn't even say, please. She goes, go there, stop there. And I said, all right. Cause that's what you do when you're married, you do what your wife tells you. And so we go to this yard sale and we get there and I, immediately I'm thinking to myself, all right, like if they've already gone through a week of signs and now we're getting to the point where they're advertising, everything is free. It's probably not going to be like the best of the best category. It's probably just free stuff. But your level of expectation is so significantly lowered that you might find a, a treasure, according to my wife, 
if you're looking even at free stuff. You just never know what you're going to find. And, you know, you're just looking at it with, like, rose-colored glasses. So we go to this um, we go to this garage sale, and we start. she's like, all right, are you going to get out of the car? I'm like, nah, I'm just going to, like, send some emails and stuff like that. I'll, I'll wait for you, sweetie. You go ahead and take your time. Knock yourself out. It's free. Have a great time. And she goes, no, you're coming. I said, all right, <laughs> I'd love to come. So I get out of the car, and I walk up there, and I'm walking around with her. And it's like us and, this, uh, and the lady who's there, and she's kind of, like, moving things around, I think, so people can see it and, you know, make sure that everything is, is seen so people can get it. Obviously, they're trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff. So you want to keep, you know, recycling that stuff out so people can see the good stuff. You don't want to, like, miss anything. So she's moving stuff around. My wife immediately goes and looks at like the, the the boxes of free puzzles that probably have missing pieces or something like that, and she's just looking around. And so my natural inclination, as you might guess, because I'm such a friendly guy, is I'm going to talk to this lady and just like chat her up and see how she's doing. I just want to hear about her life. I love people. Like that is the truth about me. I really do like people, and I like talking with people. My wife hates this about me. Uh, I mean, she loves it in a certain sense, but like she also becomes annoyed with it because I will just start having conversations with anyone that I'm around, even if my wife wants to go somewhere or we're, say, at a garage sale of free stuff. And I'm going to chat the person up. And in my head, I think what I'm doing in my head is I'm thinking, all right, this woman is getting rid of her stuff. Not only is she getting rid of it, she's like trying really hard to get rid of this stuff. And I don't know what your emotional connection is to this stuff. I know that some people can get really emotionally connected to their belongings. It's like how you get like pack rats and things like this. And I won't say that this lady was pat racky uh, or, or pack ratty, I should say, but she did look a little disheveled and, you know, like it'd been kind of a long weekend. And she'd been out here, I, I assume she'd been out here for a while trying to get rid of this stuff. And now she's listing everything as free. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I wonder what her situation is. Like, is she selling this all because she's moving? Does she want to move? Is she happy to be moving? And the truth is, any kind of change can be overwhelming. Like, any kind. And it can be really hard. Even good change, I have found, as I've gotten older, can be something that can make you anxious. And so I'm thinking in my head, you know what? I'm going to be a, a total sweetheart and I'm going to go over there and I'm going to have a conversation with this lady. So I go over and I start talking with her about some different things. And I'm asking her about the weather and I'm commenting on how nice it is and sunny it is. And she's, she's like moderately responsive. Not everybody is a chatter like I am. So not everybody wants to just like get into it. And my wife is certainly not a person like this. So if anybody wants to just chat at my wife, she's, she would be like this lady a little bit standoffish, I think. Um, but she's a sweetheart. And so my wife's like walking around and she's going to let me talk while she goes and looks at puzzles. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm kind of like perusing, uh, what's left of the free stuff. And I walk over and I, I comment on a, a Santa or something like that, that she has there. And I'm like, Oh, this is a nice Santa. And she goes, yeah, yeah, it's kind of nice. And so, and she keeps like moving all this stuff around. And I finally, like five minutes into it, and I'm like giving my wife the, you know, the the let's go shrug. You know, everybody knows that look. Uh, I'm like, come on, let's like, you know, the 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 eye roll or the the raised eyebrow. Like, let's get out of here. How much more free stuff do you need to see? And we're not finding anything. It's clearly been picked over at this point. Clearly, which is why it's free. So I'm talking to this lady for like five minutes. And eventually, I'm like, so was it a pretty crazy sale? Like, how, how did you do? Did you get rid of everything? Are you moving? She goes, oh, this isn't my stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And I've been talking to her for five minutes about all these different things. And she's been responding to all these different things. And my wife has been looking at me like, why do you keep talking to this woman about her stuff? Like, just let her give it to you for free. 
And I guess I start putting these pieces together. This woman's like walking around, moving stuff around. And what she's doing is she's like taking it all and shoving it into the back of a PT Cruiser, which I just assumed was the car that she was packing up. No. I'm talking to a pack rat here. I'm talking to just like some crazy lady who has showed, just like my wife, who has showed up to just get free stuff. And I'm just like this guy talking to her. And so I when, once I realized that this is not a lady who I need to make feel better about her giving away all her free stuff, I just say, hey, all right, sweetie, I'm going to meet you in the car. I turn around, I go sit back in the car. I send some emails. I do a little show prep, send myself some emails about what we're going to talk about for the day. And then, you know, I wait for my wife in the car. And we got a really cool 500-piece puzzle. I don't know if every piece is in there, but when we build a puzzle, I'm going to keep you guys up to date on that for sure. All right, let's get right into it. That was my life today. I hope you don't mind me uh, complaining about it. That wasn't even really a complaint. I just want to fill you in on what my day looks like before I get here. And today, I talked to a crazy lady at a garage sale uh, where everything was free. All right, let's get to it. This, I thought, got my blood boiling. Not, not, not thought. This got my blood boiling. The max toll lanes on 405 and 167, they're going up. You know what they're going up to? We talked about this a couple months ago, maybe like a month ago or whatever it was, when the commission was going to meet on this. They have decided to raise the toll lanes on 405 and 167 up from, on 405, the max was $10 if you got caught in even moderately heavy traffic. It always seemed to be at $10. On 167, your toll lane max was $9. And on one, uh, I'm sorry, on, 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 uh, yeah, on 167, the max was $9. Now, on both of those roads, they're going up to $15. Oh my God. We finally really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! So they raised it up to $15. Am I Bill Gates driving on these roads? Are you guys nuts? So listen to this. This is on MyNorthwest.com. You guys can read the story there. If you just want to get yourself excited in not a good way, Go ahead and read this story on MyNorthwest.com. The Washington State Transportation Commission has voted to adopt the new higher rates as of Monday. They could have gone lower. Uh, Another one of the suggestions was $12. Guess what they didn't choose? $12. They chose $15. The commission made the change because the max tolls were not creating faster trips for those paying them, they say. It hopes that these higher rates will price more people out. The increases take effect on March 1st. And as Chris Sullivan points out in the very well put together story that he wrote, it's important to remember that the tolls are here to uh, uh, the tolls here are designed to price people out of the lanes. The higher the price, the more the state hopes people opt to sit in the bumper to bumper traffic on the main lines. The goal is to give transit the 45 mile an hour trip 90% of the time. That's actually what they said they were kind of required to do in order to justify keeping those lanes because it did take a lane from all of the rest of us. That would be helping alleviate some of the traffic in the rest of the lanes. But instead, they said, hey, you know what we should do? Why don't we try to monetize this? Why don't we try to make more money? Because this is a very wealthy area now. Everybody who lives in that corridor, especially, apparently has a lot of money because they can spend 15 bucks every time they want to get into that toll lane. And it's not just like the entire way. It's not like once you get into that toll lane, you're just good to go forever. That's not the case. There's sections, and you could end up paying more depending on which section you're in. So uh, it could be it could stack up. It could be 15 plus whatever else, else amount, like if you drive all the way down to Renton or something like that. So this to me is crazy. 
But like Chris points out in the story, the Transportation Commission says, no, this is about making sure that that lane stays open so that people who want to pay more money can always have a seamless 45 mile an hour trip in that lane. But what could it possibly also be about? Hmm. Hmm. I feel like something's right on the edge of my tongue. I feel like I have the words. I feel like it's a single word. Something with an M. Why did I feel like that? I can't quite place it. What is the actual goal here? If you were to ask me, and I think the average person who's sitting in traffic, not in the toll lane, what do they actually want from people in the toll lane? Sex! Now that I have your attention. You don't have our attention. Money! I'm listening. Money! As Michael Scott said in that wonderful office clip. And there's an office clip for everything in life. Yes, I think it's money. I think that's what they want. Well, they want two things. They want money and they want people out of their cars. Honestly, they're fine with rich people driving their cars in the toll lanes. And they're also fine with people who can't afford the toll lanes to be stuck on a bus because it's just too expensive to sit in your car for 12 hours waiting in traffic. It costs a lot in gas and it costs a lot in your time. But here's the problem. Normal people can't sit there and wait for buses all day. Normal people with kids, if you are down at your job, and somebody's going to call you because at the daycare or at the school or whatever it is says, hey, your kid's sick. What do you think the odds are that you could jump on a bus real fast and get to your kid? No, you can't. And so it's just not fair that they're asking people who maybe don't have the means to pay for these lanes to then just write those t- write that time off and just say, all right, I'll just be stuck in traffic for an extra couple hours because I can't afford that lane. That's for rich people. Those are for the haves, not the have-nots. And I don't like it. I'm a man of the people. And I want you guys to be able to use those toll lanes as much as you want. That's what I want. I also want to use those toll lanes. And I don't want to pay $15 for them. If you think it's a good idea to pay $15 to ride in that toll lane, I want you to text me right now. 888-973-5476. And I'll tell you why you're wrong. Actually, I'll tell you why you're wrong right now. Because you are. That's ridiculous. Nobody should be paying $15 to ride in the toll lane. Here's the trick, too. It's not going to save on traffic. It's going to fill up. People are still going to be in the toll lane, even at $15. If $10 didn't stop it, a 50% increase to $15 is also not going to stop it. So what you're going to have is a year from now, two years from now, they're going to say, hey, you know what might solve this problem? 20 bucks. You think I'm crazy, but that's what they're going to do. I would have thought 15 was crazy eight years ago when they started these things. But no, or however many years ago it was. But no, they're doing it now. 15 bucks. We just learned today. So... I hope you enjoy the lane if you can afford it. If you can't and you are like a lot of people that I know, you're probably just taking the lane anyway and you're just not paying for it because you can flip-flop those things. I'm not saying to do this. I'm not recommending this at all, but I know a lot of people have texted in and they were telling me when we talked about this a little bit earlier on the show that they're flip-flopping their good-to-go pass so that when they drive under the scanner that they just say it says HOV. Like I got a lot of texts from people saying they were doing that. But when you start charging people $15 a lane, Every time they want to use it, you're putting you're backing people into a corner. They're trying to live their lives, and I hope, I pray that these toll lanes go away. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they just said, hey, you know what? It's not keeping traffic moving, and we feel like it's a little immoral to ask people to pay money that they can't afford just to function and get to work on time. So we're going to take the toll lanes out. Now, that's a bizarre world. They're clearly never going to say that, but that's my dream, and I hope that for you guys, and I hope that for myself, too. All right, let's get to one more story as quick as we possibly can. This one was unexpected, very unexpected. Three girls in pajamas are sought 
in over a dozen car prowlings in Bellevue. What's going on with these kids? So apparently what happened was 18 cars have been broken into just this last weekend in one night. It's according to Cairo 7. This is the search is on for a group of girls who went on a window-smashing spree in a Bellevue neighborhood. Police say 18 cars were hit in just one night through the Lake Hills community. Uh, Cairo 7 talked to somebody named Nana Mouse. Nana Mouse, I hope, is not a furry situation, but Nana Mouse said, I, and I assume that's not her actual name. Yeah, okay, it's a nickname, Nana Mouse. Both of us were thinking the same thing. This is from Nana Mouse. She says, both of us were thinking the same thing. It was like, oh my God, one more thing I don't want to deal with, said the homeowner, who had two of their cars damaged that night. That's no fun. Uh, They said that they are just one of several Bellevue homeowners who were left picking up the pieces after a group of juveniles shattered windows on Thursday night. Police say they did this 18 times in just one night. And there's video, like they have video of these girls walking around. They're wearing pajamas and they're breaking into cars and taking things. So uh, whoever you are, girls, don't do it. Don't steal stuff out of these cars. I think it's a bad idea. It's going to send your life down a bad path. You don't want to do that. Police have said in order to protect yourself and your property, there's a couple simple things you can do. Keep valuables out of your car. Park in a well-lit area if you can and have motion sensor lights outside your house. And those three things should hopefully help uh, would-be prowlers just avoid your car. Especially if you have like a sign that says, I have a camera watching you. And most houses do. I mean, like you can't, you have to go buy eight cameras before you get to my front door. Like between me and my neighbor's houses, you're going to get picked up. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have these cameras now. That's why we have video and audio of these girls breaking into these cars. They're not wearing masks or anything like that. So I think that the likelihood that they are caught is pretty high. And then maybe we can find out what they were thinking. All right, we got a lot of great stuff for the rest of this hour. You're not going to want to miss it, including I'm going to get my buddy Chris Sullivan on the phone. He inspired something in my house that my wife does now. And it has to do with the dishes. And we get in fights about this all the time. For like years now, my wife and I have been disagreeing on this thing. And every time we disagree on it, she goes, well, I heard about this from Chris Sullivan and I trust him. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I keep trying to explain to her that's not how dishwashers work. So I'm just going to go right to the horse's mouth. I'm going to get Chris Sullivan on. I want him to explain what he was thinking. I hope that I am proven right and that I could then take that message back to my wife. But we'll see. All right. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest on with me right now. I don't get a chance to talk with this guy often because he works basically almost like he works in New Zealand or something compared to my schedule. He's on early, early mornings. You know him as the traffic guru for Cairo Radio. Chris Sullivan joins us now. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to call you in from New Zealand. Well, yeah, it's, it's you know nice. what I mean, though. But like you're <laughs> yeah. you're you're on in a, in a totally different day part. I mean, like you're on completely. You're, you're on twelve hours before I'm on. And yeah, pretty much. So yeah. so it's a it's a fun opportunity to have. I mean, you're not usually up this late, so I really appreciate you staying up this no, late. No, it's well, that's good. I'm happy to do it. All right, and and you're you're your conduit. You're happy to. Yeah, do I it. am. <laughs> I'm glad you're uh, ragging on me for that one, too. I yes. mean, it's not right. like so, I got enough of that from Jack Snide. Here's the reason I wanted to have you on <laughs> and the reason I wanted to talk, because I, I had to hash this out with you, because there has been an argument in my house that I've been having with my wife for years, 
And it all goes back to you. And you're not probably going to know anything about this, but what, what this really illustrates, I think, and for anybody listening right now, what this illustrates is the power of somebody who says that they know what they're talking about. And I don't know if you actually know what you're talking about in this case. And I'm going to bring it back up to you. You can explain to me where you got your information and then why my wife thinks that this is true. And then maybe I can give up on this fight that I'm constantly having with my wife. So, so you're going to expose me as the fraud that I am. No, 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 no. I like it. No, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't Chris come on Jake's show more? I can't figure it out. All right. So my wife has this thing that she does, and I I do not know where she got. I mean, I don't know when this started, but it was it was at least a couple of years ago. So when and, and this is just like one of those stupid things that people fight about when they're married, and it's not like even a real fight. So like my we have a great relationship, my wife and I. We've been married like you know Jamie. You've known Jamie for twenty years. I've known her probably before you did. I think you did actually. <laughs> but I've been married to Jamie now for thirteen years, and I've known her for however many sixteen years or whatever it was. So. Uh, she trusts you, Chris, and she sees you as a voice of, you know, of seniority, somebody that she can look up to and say, hey, Chris knows what he's talking about. So in our house, sometimes I do, then just probably just like in your house too, sometimes I will do the dishes or sometimes my wife will do the dishes. Really, who's ever at the sink when it needs to be done, you just do it, especially when you have young kids. You just like, all right, like you don't want to leave those for the next person because that's not nice and you want to try to hash that out as quick as you can. And just keep it as clean as you can because kids are just constantly making the mess. I don't need to explain this to our listeners. I don't need to explain it to you. You understand this. And so I do dishes one way, which is that when I see dishes in the sink, I turn on the hot water, I run them all under the hot water, and then I take a sponge and I wipe them off. In this case, the uh, scrub daddy from Costco. I take the scrub daddy sponge and I will scrub all of the stuff all the refuse, all the food, the dried on uh, egg yolk, or I might, you know, like say we're eating tacos and there's taco stuff or cheese or whatever it is, you know, like you understand stuff on plates. I will then wipe that off and I will get the plate looking reasonably clean. And then I will stick it into the dishwasher. I will then do a load of dishes. And when they come out, the dishwasher is clean. The dishes are clean. They're sparkling. That's my best case scenario. That's how I do dishes. My wife, however, she just takes whatever's in the sink and puts it in the dishwasher. And I say, what are you doing? Because every time she does the dishes, I know she's done the dishes because I always have to do a second load where I go in and I re-scrub everything and I clean it off. And I said, sweetie, this is not how it's done. And she says, no, 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 this is how it's done. Trust me, Chris told me. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, Chris Sullivan. He did a story about this a couple of years ago. You're supposed to leave a little bit of food on the plates so that the soap has something to grab onto and clean. And I said, well, that's insanity. That doesn't make any sense to me. And she says, nope, that's how it's done. So for probably a couple of years, much longer than normal people would argue about something like this, and much longer that somebody would like let it go without getting to the bottom of it, but I'm a kind of, you know, I procrastinate in that way. And so I have just let this go. And my wife continues to do dishes this way, and it drives me nuts. And she continues to be annoyed that every time she does it this way, I remind her that that's not done this way. And she goes, ah, Chris Sullivan said to do it. And so I said, all right, you know what? Luckily, I work with Chris Sullivan. I can ask Chris Sullivan where he learned this craziness and explain to me why I'm supposed to leave stuff on my dishes. Well, first of all, let me say that I am really more of a soaker. Uh, <laughs> as Holly will tell you, she'll be like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That she usually ends up doing the dishes and yells at me for a couple of days. Which so in is this fine. scenario, me and Holly are the same, and you yeah, and my pretty, wife are the same. 
were kind of the, yeah i'm like it's soaking letting the magic do its thing yeah um but then i mean yeah the so lazy man's dishes yes go but ahead that's that that's a personal uh, uh problem on my part um but yeah I, but do you I, recall you know, this is, do you recall as, this yes. this advice that you gave you did a as study you were on this discussing or something. this i some of this is coming back into me like I remember writing a story about this and how you should let the ref- the dishwasher actually do its job because for a couple of reasons. One, you're using double the amount of water if you're interested in saving water. Sure. Because you're washing the dishes basically twice. Okay. Right? That you're makes doing sense. it by hand, so you're saving so you're um and two, the dishwashers are designed to clean off foodstuffs. They're de- it's designed that way. Now, I'm at a disadvantage now because I can't quite remember exactly what the rationale was for that or why I ended up doing the story. Or I, I think this was what back it before was- you were the main traffic guy. And you oh, yeah, like it was back doing like- – yeah, you I was still doing, doing general reporting. assignment reporting, yes. yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to remember what might have been the nexus for this, but I'm sure we could go back. It would have been at MyNorthwest.com. Now, granted, we changed servers about 10 years ago, and we've wiped like a lot of our I'm history. Sure, I'm sure it's, it's before. Gone. Yeah, they probably wipe a lot of these horrible <laughs> stories that give bad advice off of the webpage, <laughs> like this one. Certainly they I'm should I'm going to look this up now, because but I remember it being so I was talking to a person who uh, repairs dishwashers, I believe, as a, again, this is you got me to disadvantage over a barrel here. But if you're if Jamie believes me, I'm going to go to the mat for on this one and say that I'm right. There's based, just it's, no, no, no. They're Chris. based entirely on the fact that I remember doing something like this, but I can't exactly remember why. But you do. But you do remember talking to somebody who said you're supposed to leave food. Stuff Not necessarily on the supposed to. Is that it's okay to because you don't have to worry about scrubbing, 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 and then putting in a basically a clean dish because the dishwasher is designed to do that. I'm not saying you don't clean off like the giant I mean, chunks of lasagna that it, are kind of stuck no, on there. No, but she doesn't. But, she ran. My wife oh. ran with it. And in her defense, she's not wrong because whenever she puts a dirty dish in there, it does get spotlessly clean because I clean it. I have to go in and do a whole second load of dishes. You really have you? You've pulled them out and done the scratch. You know, like the pull test on it, where you're like, you make sure it's clean. One hundred percent. Really? Yes. So in other words, yeah. now you're running three loads of dishes for. Well, no, but so- she w- no, but Chris, this is the this is the craziness, and this is the insanity, and this is what we need to get to the bottom of, and this is why I wanted. I, and you know, mostly, I obviously I don't have like a lot of arguments with my wife. And this is a big one for us, which is a good, I think, a good sign for our marriage. So this is one of our big arguments. But she will take a dinner, like a lasagna or something, and she will get that, or a couscous. It's covered in couscous. And she goes, you know what? I could give that a five-second rinse. And that's a reasonably clean plate that then has a really easy time in the dishwasher and gets tonight nice and clean. That's a guarantee clean. But what she does is she just picks it up. She just goes, poop, dishwasher, done. And now I'm sitting here like, well, no, that now there's like, the food trap, which I understand there's a food trap. Uh, uh, dishwashers are designed to collect a bunch of this stuff, but it's not made as a garbage disposal. There's a garbage disposal for a reason, because you get a lot of stuff on your plate that you're not supposed to put into the dishwasher. Or it's supposed to go in the garbage beforehand. Right. And I think it also has something to say uh, to do with hard versus soft water. We have a harder water, more mineral in it than, say, the East Coast does. And so our harder water also, I think, if I remember correctly, played a part in this story in that that helps us clean more Not than in my you house. think you can. No, it no, doesn't. You, 
you yeah, pretty much she, have hard water here in in your house. Uh, you you don't have a special house that has different types of water. Well, I uh, have a special wife who. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get, I'll grant you that. Um, but no, I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, it's, I mean, I wash them, my dishes, a little bit too, just to get the bigger chunks off. But you I scrub the stuff off, right? You scrub no, it off. Not, I, don't, I wouldn't say scrub. I'm like, okay, I clean off the thing, throw it in the disposal, and then put a dish that's got foodstuffs on it. In my, it doesn't have to be clean to do it. The dish, then why have a dishwasher? The dishwasher this automatically does that job. This is very upsetting. <laughs> why was, did you buy a dishwasher? I was hoping that when I got you on here, that I would then win the argument. This is she's going to double down on this now. You realize she's not even going to scrape stuff off into the garbage can now after dinner. She's just going to go. You know what? This is going straight in the dishwasher. But she's going to feel so empowered by this conversation, Chris. This was a huge mistake. Or you can do what Holly and I have done. Uh, marriage slightly more than 13. So I've got a few years on you. Okay. Give me some since wisdom. You're already, since you're already going to Costco to buy, what was the name of the scrubber you put on there? Scrub Daddy. Scrub Daddy. You know what they also sell there? Paper plates. Bingo. No, you. <laughs> and we don't. Yeah. You know, they're great in the microwave. Yeah. They're great to put food on. Yeah. And, and then you don't have to do dishes. Now, it's a in. bunch of garbage. Yeah, but who cares but... about garbage? I got plenty of garbage space. And I don't have to do the dishes. You know what? That is like the ultimate hack. Like if you got friends over, somebody, you know, like you got company for the weekend, we just do paper plates. Like if my in-laws come and stay with us for the weekend, I just lock everything up. Paper plates. I think the only time Holly and I eat off of regular actual china or dinnerware is, let's see here, Easter, Thanksgiving, (laughs) Christmas. Are you paper plates all the time? Oh, you better believe it. We're we're like the China family. I love it. Yeah, because it's, I mean, again, now it's only just the two of us, so our meal prep, we, we make smaller meals with Tommy out of the house, so we're, you know, but I know we're throwing away, creating a bunch more garbage. Oh, whatever, you don't have to apologize about that water. kind of thing on my show. Yeah, that's right, that's right, you're saving water. There's your justification right there. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Chris Sullivan, you have made my day. Thank you so much. You, well, you, I made Jamie's day, you made I Jamie's think. day, yeah, but you have inspired me to be eating off paper plates a lot more, which, I, which you just forget about, but it's such a genius hack. It's a genius and, hack. And, and I they come it. in huge packages. I know. I know. Yeah. No, it's a great idea. All right. Well, that's Chris Sullivan. You can hear that kind of, uh, you can hear that genius every morning on <laughs> Seattle's Morning News and occasionally on my show here at night. Chris, thanks for hanging out, man. Anytime, Jake. All right. Stick around. we got a lot more coming up here on Kyra Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. We always save the best for last. I wanted to play you guys some audio. It's going to probably make you mad if you're a fan of art. And you know me, I'm like the biggest art fan in the world. I just know a ton about art. Like I could name so many artists. Let's start. Uh, Picasso. Um, all right, I know Da Vinci's another one. So I can name two artists. And I could probably name... Oh my gosh, I feel like there's another, like, uh, Singulary or something. That's not it. That's, but it's close. I'm close. All right, so listen to this. Mona Lisa is a very, very famous painting. It hangs in the Louvre. It's in France. It's beautiful. Everybody knows it. And it was just attacked by a couple of climate dorks. Sorry, activists. By a couple of activists who decided that they wanted to hurl tomato soup at the Mona Lisa. This beautiful, beautiful painting. They hurled the uh, the soup at the Mona Lisa. Here's a video of them. Somebody went out there and filmed them. I guess they knew they were going to do it. The two women who uh, said that they are climate activists, 
uh, and they had some shirts on it that said uh, food reposté. I don't speak French, but I think it's about food. And they wore these white t-shirts. They pull out these tomato soup. Can- I don't know how they got tomato soup cans in there, but they pull out some tomato soup and they fling it at the Mona Lisa in the middle of the Louvre. And there's all these people looking at it. And then they go behind the barrier and they stand there just like you see videos like this all the time now. And they are saying whatever their political message is. Here's what it sounded like. Again, it's in French. So for my French audience out there, all my listeners up in Quebec, you're welcome. I, I mean, I took French in college, so I know a little bit about what they're saying. Uh, they, they're, they're basically talking about sustainable uh, farming practices. And thankfully, Mona Lisa is protected from just this sort of thing. This is not the first time it has been attacked. In 2022, a man who had gotten into the Louvre and dressed up as an elderly lady in a wheelchair jumped up and smeared ice cream cake on the painting. Uh, he was once in front, once he was in front of the painting, he stands up and I don't, again, like the climate activist who got the tomato soup in, I don't know what the door person is doing at the Louvre, but if I see somebody walking with tomato soup into the Louvre, I don't know. I feel like I'm just, I'm maybe doing a little bit of math that they're not doing. And I would just stop that in the future. I would just say, all right, guys, here's a sign. No more tomato soup in the Louvre. But this guy walked in just like the soup ladies and he had ice cream cake and he smashed it all over what he thought was the painting. Thankfully, it was not the actual painting. He smashed it onto a bulletproof glass covering because the people who work at the Louvre have probably caught on to this by now that there are some crazy people out there who are willing to do some crazy things to get attention. He then threw roses at the security guards once they pounced on him. Uh, These two ladies were arrested for throwing stuff at the uh, Mona Lisa, which I think is a great idea. I am fascinated by the history of the Mona Lisa, though. I didn't know this. According to the Louvre, Da Vinci actually spent around 16 years of his life working on the painting. In fact, he would take it with him wherever he went. He, like, carried it with him. He was obsessed with it. And he's not the only one. Listen to this great song by Nat King Cole. It's just a classic. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. Oh, it's so good. You're so like the lady. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Nat King Cole sing Mona Lisa, do yourself a favor. Go find it on YouTube and listen to it. This man has the world's best voice. Like, maybe the best singing voice in the history of singing voices. All right, that's it for us for tonight, guys. I hope you've had a great time. We've had a blast bringing you the show. I hope you have a wonderful night. We're going to be right back here tomorrow doing it all again. Don't miss it. Follow us on wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you tomorrow. Night-night. Are you warm? Are you real? Mona Lisa. Are just a cold and lonely, lovely work of art.